Hey, what's up? This is your homegirl, Complex Angel, and I'm the Vibe. And it's your girl, Queen K. I'm the Vision. And welcome back to another episode of Queens with Vibes and Vision. So, Queen K, how was your week? My week was pretty okay. Uh, can't complain. I ended up getting two days off of work. Uh, one from a bad storm that we had. Uh, sorry to everybody that lost power. And then yeah. uh, today they were doing construction, so I didn't have work again today. It's back to the grind tomorrow, though. Um, but other than that, my kids are good. We all enjoyed our break. Uh, got a lot of stuff accomplished. I decluttered a lot. Um, so I'm thankful. Um, God gave me another day. What about you? It's been a good week. Can't complain. Um, just happy to be here tonight. Okay. You there, Queen K? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the A.O. King and Queen quote. Um, one of them is sponsored by Pinterest, and the other one is by Facebook, something I've seen on Facebook. So I'm going to jump right into the Pinterest one now. It says, what you think you become, what you feel you attract, and what you imagine you create. That is by Buddha. Okay, that one stood out to me is because, you know, we have to be intentional. If we want to see and do and, you know, be changed, we have to accept it and embrace it. You guys, how we think, it, it is what it will become. You know, our thoughts are strong, um, and however you feel, that is what you will attract. And, y'all, we can imagine that we could do anything, so just go ahead and go for it. Don't let nothing hold you back. And then my other one is hurting them back will not heal your pain. Y'all, I know we want to get people because they got us. We want to see them hurt. You know, I'm still in the phase of not going on my baby daddy's pages and making sure that, they, you know, they ain't got no bad karma going on them. So I was like, mm, see there, all the shit he put me through, now he getting it. No, I have a habit, and God has to deliver me from that. But I just have to know that hurting them, it will not help me grow. It will only, one, make me still in tune with that person because I'm taking my time to figure out what they do in their life. And I shouldn't be putting that much focus and thought into them. I should be worrying about pushing through for my kids and myself. So I have to heal me instead of trying to seek revenge. I have to let God handle that because I know karma is real. What you put out there will come back. And I don't want no bad karma coming on me because I'm trying to hurt them back. So, yeah, y'all, just leave it alone. Just know that hurting them back, yeah, you'll feel like you got one up, but later on down the line, it does not help you heal. And that's the main mm-hmm. thing we want. We want healing. So that is my A.O. King and Queen quote. Y'all, I'm going to jump right on into my slay tip for hair. That is sponsored by Pinterest this week, and this is Hair Tip 101. It says, want thicker hair? Castor oil at least two to three times a week. That Okay, mm. so I'm going to put a little shameless plug in there. Um, y'all, I will be having my website up real soon. Give me about a month or so, but I will have my website up. But if you want thicker hair, go ahead and use castor oil. But I can guarantee you Queen K's growth, growth gold has a, a castor oil in it, so it will promote thicker and longer hair. So that's a little just the shameless plug. That's my hair growth oil. Uh, it has been proven to work. I have a few clients who have shared their testimonies with me that will also be on the website as well. So that is my slate tip. Now we're going to jump right into that sipping tea for the soul topic complex. 
All right, you guys. So tonight, me and uh, Queen K are talking about change the narrative. Now, I know on the uh, show I put changing the narrative. I was just in a um, very inspirational mood. Like, you know, we're going to make this a fucking verb. we changing the narrative. But it is changing the <laughs> narrative. We're talking about um, the student and the teacher, like, you know, when it comes to school. So, um, yeah. I'm going to go into my first aspect, which is student. Um, do you feel good students get favored over the bad students when it came to school? I do. Um, I feel like uh, when a student causes more problems for the classroom, the teachers overlook that student. They don't want to deal mm-hmm. with that student, especially if they're not getting the support from the family. So, yes, they overlook the students that's, that's causing the disruption and stuff, and they cater and reward and constantly brag on the students that's doing good. And they don't realize that that is very discouraging to the student that is the troublemaker because you don't know their story. But, yes, I do feel very strongly that they do show favoritism towards students that are excelling or who they deem as good students. Um. I definitely feel like uh, I definitely agree with you. Um, I know for me growing up, I wasn't per se a bad child. I talked a lot, and I struggled with math. And I remember in fourth grade, um, you remember how, like, the teacher could connect what you were doing on your computer to the TV in the room? And Mm -hmm. I remember I had got a question wrong. And it was my turn to be on the TV monitor, and she just instantly got irritated with me. But it was another girl in there that had something wrong, and, you know, she just laughed, like, oh, you know what I'm saying? That's where you messed up at, and she was so patient with her. And I just Mm -hmm. never understood, like, why? Like, why are you getting frustrated with me instead of just asking me what am I not getting, you know what I'm saying, and maybe even ask what's going on at home, but I definitely do feel like they give um, bad students, they they, they give them a lot of negative attention. Oh, get out the classroom. They're real quick to embarrass you. Like I've heard teachers legit say to some of the class clowns in the uh, classroom, yeah, you know, the the teacher for the next grade already knows about you. And trust me, I had Mm -hmm. nothing good to say. And you don't understand how, how that can fuck up a child. But um, that goes exactly. into my next question. Why do you think teachers judge a student for their behavior before trying to understand it? Because that's the easiest—that's the easiest thing to do. That's the easiest cop-out method for a teacher. Um, you know, they don't—they don't—they know that they got to. Okay, so look, because they are overpopulating these classrooms, how a kid comes in is how the teacher identifies whether or not what their school year is going to be. And a lot of kids, mm-hmm. a lot of kids and parents don't know this. But with these classrooms that have up to from 25 to 30 kids in one classroom and they're the only teacher, that first day is how they they uh, brand your child. So if they come in there loud and, you know, they get in trouble on the first day, that that's, that's how they're going to brand them for the rest of the year. They're not going to expect mm-hmm. nothing else out of them but a disruptive behavior. If they come in quiet, they got a better chance at excelling. But I feel like it's the easiest thing to do instead of getting to know a child because they have so many kids. 
you know. Um, so it, it takes some time for them to learn, okay, they're acting out because they don't understand this or they're acting out because mm-hmm. there's got to be something going on at home, you know. But it's just face value. What you give me at first, that's what I'm going to take. And, okay, now I see that you're going to be a problem, so I'm probably move you over here. And a lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize that. That's why you have to tell your kids to put their best foot forward, even when they're going to school, even in the younger grades, because – these teachers, some of them are overworked and underpaid, and then they get a lot of kids in their classrooms. So it's a level of frustration, and then they have their own kids at home, so it's a lot going on. So it, we don't really have the time, you know, on the first day to really get to know somebody, to know, okay, this is why they're acting out. We just see what we, you know, what we're going to get. That's how it goes. I think that uh... – because me being a case manager, I apply it to this. I feel like it's hard for you to to un to. It's easier for you to judge a student's bad behavior and get frustrated with them because you don't know how to control your own emotions. You're in the process of taking yeah. things personal. Because I know for me, when when uh, clients are calling me and cussing me out, I instantly get irritated, and I had mm-hmm. to learn with over like the last two weeks since I found out that I'm going back to being an ongoing case manager. Okay. Now we got to figure out how to channel our emotions and check them because you can't let each person frustrate you because they're already going to be mad. And I think that if we can take the personal out of it, cause like you said, we got a lot going on too. You know what I'm saying? So like mm-hmm. I said before, it's hard to leave your problems at the door. And, you know, it's easy to snap, like, you know, especially when a child, because children like to try you. I remember how it was in school. They really (laughs) like to try you. And you'd be like, who the fuck are you talking to? You know what I'm saying? And, -hmm. like, you know, nowadays these kids are, they be ready to fight you. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of these videos that I've seen that went viral were, like, they throwing books at the teacher and calling them bitches and stuff. Like, it's mm-hmm. to a whole nother level. You might need a gun going to school because you just don't know what what you're dealing with. But I feel like it's yeah. because, like, of frustration. Like, I don't know how to check my emotions. I'm about to take this shit personal. And we don't stop to think. Like, I know it took for me to stop and think, like, you know what, this person is already frustrated because they have all of these health issues. they already frustrated because they got to depend on others. And they have to wait on somebody else's time. So I need to take that mm-hmm. into consideration. But it's easier said than done. So that goes into my next yeah. question. Um, I saw an article about a school that practices meditation with their students versus suspending and sending them to detention. Do you feel meditation will be beneficial to all students or does each kid need something different? I feel like meditation is, I know that each kid has their own different needs, but meditation allows them to sit and to focus. You know, I think that that Mm -hmm. would be very, I think honestly, I hate suspension because I just feel like Mm -hmm. you're giving a kid a free pass. You're trying to get rid of them and kick them out instead of knowing what's, you know, the deep-rooted issue. And I think with meditation, it'll unlock a lot for the kid as well as the teacher. Because if you have somebody Mm -hmm. in there teaching them how to meditate, you know, going over stuff, you'll learn so much about the kid because then they're going to want to open up to you. I do feel like meditation is the key. Um, I know that I was talking to one – one girl, and she's our, uh, she's my coworker. But she said when she was in school, they had little rooms for them to go into. It was, it wasn't big at all, but they would have to go in there to think out their problems. Like they didn't mm-hmm. suspend them, 
Like I feel like suspension is a cop out method, and I really, really hate it because what is what's being taught? Oh, I can yeah. act bad and I can get kicked out for a day. Maybe that's what they want. No, you can't do that because what school? What kid likes to go to school in the first place? So you're giving them an easy mm-hmm. pass. They're gonna equivalent. Okay, if I act bad, I can go home this day, or if I act this bad, I can go home for this amount of days. No. Put them in some meditation so they can work through it, so they can calm down. You have to teach a kid how to deal with their emotions because that's a big reason why kids getting kicked out of school. They don't know how to express how they feel. So you teach Mm -hmm. them, and meditation will help. So, yeah. That part. Because kids, it's already bad enough as a child you're only seen and not heard. And when you go to school, a lot of the behaviors that – we do are we're, we're mirroring reflection of what's been done to us and people don't stop mm-hmm. to think about that i feel like meditation would be good i feel like talking to a counselor would be good but it's like it's only so much a counselor can do i feel like um yeah. it, it starts at home with we have to stop telling our kids what happens in the house stays in the house because that shit will go a long way. If a child's getting molested, if a child's getting beat, if if there's just so much going on, they're not going to talk about it. Meditation would help because I remember I said before, I watched that documentary, The Mask You Live In. A lot of them said in there, you know, like we're so quick to suspend them and give them detention to where they feel like, well, there's no reason for me to go to school anyway. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. y'all just going to suspend me. What's the point of going? It's like you're missing out on school, you know, and then it's like you come back. I remember I remember kids used to get suspended for like, what, two weeks. Then they'll come back and the teacher just wants to pick on them. Oh, well, if you wasn't suspended, yep. you'll be able to catch up. Yep. Like. It, we well, we have to do better. Like, we sit up there, we judge them, we talk about them, and, like, you just think that a child does not have feelings, but they do. You know what I'm saying? A lot mm-hmm. of the reason, and, and, and it even goes into bullying. A lot of the reasons why these kids are committing suicide because they have no one to turn to. Like, I, I yes. watch so many movies where, like, kids be blurting out stuff, and I'm like, why the teacher didn't get on them? Like, what the fuck? Like, that should be the one that you're getting on. You know, like, you just let stuff. you just let so much shit build up to the point where it's just Mm -hmm. like, dog, like we we have to do better. Um, So my last question, what type of student, where are you growing up and what did you need from your teachers to be successful? Uh, The type of student I was, okay. uh, From, from, I didn't go to kindergarten. So from first grade to eighth grade, I was silent. I didn't require too much. I I tried to stay in the shadows because I had a lot going on in my personal life, so I wanted less attention on me as possible, so I did not talk and move around as much. I didn't do nothing. High school, uh, ninth grade, I was pretty horrible. I missed a lot of school skipping. Um, uh, 11th grade is when I finally started taking it serious. 11th and 12th, I had to turn everything around, so... um, I was more so focused because it's like, okay, it's crunch time now. This is your future that you're playing with. You know, you have to get things in order and in perspective for yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, from my teachers, I just needed that push. A lot of my teachers, I won't say a lot, very few of them really, really pushed me. Um, I remember Miss, I know a lot of people could not stand her at Lathrop, but Miss LaSavage, our science teacher, Mm. she Mm, (laughs) – 
Yeah. She was the one who pulled me. I'll never forget. She pulled me to the side, and she was just like, I see so much in you. You got this. Just stay focused. You know, block out everything else. She said, you come to class and you're ready. Always give it 100%. She said, just carry that on. And then I had an English teacher, Miss Williams, and how she got on me was, no, Miss Jackson. That was her name. She was mm-hmm. like, uh, I see you're always absent. She was like, you're absent a lot. I'm like, yeah. She was like, but only for this class. She was like, look, I'm going to tell you like this. Before I tell your parents, you better apply yourself. She said, I will not talk mm-hmm. to your parents if you don't apply yourself. She said, I know you can do this. Stop getting caught up with friends. You have to think about you. I will never forget that conversation. Ever since that day, I made sure I made it to that lady class. On time, I was the first one there before the bell rang. I was in that classroom when she pulled me. But I just needed that push from my teacher. I needed them to understand, yes, I'm in high school, but, yes, I'm also going through a lot of stuff at home. Like, my home mm-hmm. life was not the best. Um and we didn't have the most money at all, so I couldn't afford the stuff that half of the kids in high school had. So I was trying to stay out of sight, out of mind with that, you know. So I was trying to stay quiet from people around me, but then still try to hang out with the other kids so that way I could feel like I'm a part of something. But that ended up getting yeah. me in trouble. And um, me trying to fit in was not good for me. When my teachers told me that they were actually looking at me and knew that I could do it, that's what pushed me to just go ahead and say, okay, Kenneth, if they believe in you and they don't even know your backstory, they don't know what you're going through, then go ahead and push through. But kids need that. They need that motivation from the teacher, not for the teacher to say they see the whole class, but for them to pull you in an intimate conversation and tell you that they believe in you and you can honestly feel it, that does something Mm. to a student because I I swear it carried me through my senior year. Mm. Man, for me... From kindergarten to eighth grade, I was on honor roll. You know, 3.5s, 3.7s, always had, like, honor roll, citizenship. I had the most awards. Uh, by the time high school came around, I was living with my mom. I was unhappy. Bed bugs was in the picture. So my GPA slipped sloped all the way down to 1.7. And I remember... Um, Miss Wisner, she was a counselor there, but she was my third grade teacher in elementary school. She pulled me to the side, I think, 10th grade year, and she said, what is going on? No, actually, it was 11th grade year. She was like, what is going on? And she had all of my, because um, you know you know how they say, like, you got this whole permanent record. She pulled that out. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you used to get 3.5s and 3.7s. This is not the Natasha that I know. What's going on? And I remember I just started crying, and I just, like, you know, mm. I, I told her, I'm like, it's nothing serious going on. It's just, like, a lot. I was, like, you know, just changing environments, and I could, I, I had to speak and call without speaking. And she was like, I know that you can do this. She was like, you know, college is coming up. So I got it together mm-hmm. senior year. Now, it didn't get me into a university, but I was able to graduate. I got it together senior year, but it was just mostly just from just irritation with my mom, just always saying that was good, you could do better. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to show you how better I could do. And it's like, I shouldn't have let that matter, but it's like, this is the person Mm -hmm. that birthed me. And if I'm not, if I'm not making, um, if I'm not getting validation from you, just fuck it. You get what I'm saying? But I was the child that 
a lot. I was a talkative child, and what I needed from my teachers was I just needed to know that I was I was heard and seen. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. there was times where like I wasn't getting sleep at night because you know everybody know about bed bugs. You know they come out in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. get bit, and everything. So it's like I would stay up until it was daytime and then I would be nodding off at school you get what I'm saying so it's like I needed my teachers to to be understanding I don't really think that I had anyone else that motivated me in high school but Miss Wisner I think other teachers was just like you know what I'm saying we just trying to get y'all alone out of here you know I don't know (laughs) honestly I could say when it came to high school, prom and graduation was my best time. People was crying out. I was fucking happy to get up out of there. Middle school mm-hmm. and grade school was the my, my most favorable memories. But high school, that shit was a blur, and I'm just glad that it's over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Huh. I right there, baby. We agree. I'm happy that it's over. I was I was out that door, baby. Ain't no saying goodbye mm-hmm. to nobody. I see all my friends, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Okay, mm-hmm. um, now we're gonna jump into my aspect, which is teacher. Um, so my first question is, do you think teachers should get to know the student on their own instead of relying solely on the description of other teachers? Yes, yes, because just like in relationships, you know what I'm saying, a woman may act different for a man that treats her right and a man may act different for a woman, you have to get to know the child. You cannot sit up there and go off of what someone else says because maybe that person just didn't have the time, maybe something that they said made the child feel bad. Because let's just be honest, teachers can be messy too. You sit up there and you want to embarrass you know, children, I've heard teachers say before, I'm going to get paid regardless if y'all get an education or not. Who the fuck says Mm. that to a child? Who the fuck says that to a child? You have to watch. You have to watch what you say. And that's why I liked college, because they held the teacher responsible if half of the class was failing. They looked at the teacher. You get what I'm saying? You can't just say, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to get paid regardless of if y'all get an education. So professors had to put in that time to make sure that you was getting, you know what I'm saying, uh, the help that you needed, and they had the office hours. If you wasn't understanding something, you could come visit them. We need that in high school. If you're, if, if high yes. school is supposed to be to prepare somebody for college, you need to run that shit like uh, college. Okay, so the teachers need to have office hours. Y'all need to make syllabus and everything. You got to prepare mm-hmm. somebody. But these teachers, my thing is, you know who's there for the money, and you know who really fucking cares. That part. That's all I'm going to say. Because I, I had care. a teacher that followed me from middle school all the way to high school. She wasn't my English teacher, but she would always say, hey, how's things going? But she followed, she was like the teacher off of Boy Meets World. Remember that that teacher followed them from grade school yep. all the way up to high school. Wasn't he a college professor? So, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So if I can remember correctly, I think, yeah. <laughs> okay. I As a, as an educator, right, um, I know I, I only teach early education, but I do feel like a teacher should learn a student and get their own opinion about the student, only because, like mm-hmm. you stated, Complex, you know, with different teachers, different teachers can pull different stuff out of you. So maybe that teacher wasn't good at pulling that learning and that motivation and that, you know, that drive to want to learn. So maybe that teacher wasn't good at that. But this new teacher, you know, they they pull it out of the students, but then they label like, well, I thought this student was disruptive. You told me this student, I I don't got no chance with this kid, but they doing X, Y, Z in my class. They're excelling. 
You cannot do that. I feel like, okay, I know regardless teachers are going to talk, you know, because some of them know each other on personal levels. And, you know, mm-hmm. just because in passing, you know, you, you know who's going to move on. So you try to get a teacher a little heads up. Now, me, I know I can speak for me because we, we go through this, you know, in our classrooms because, you know, at, in part of our transition uh, policy, we have to talk to each other about the students so we'll know how to tailor our lesson plans. But I feel like that's all it should come to. It shouldn't be, oh, they bad. You don't, you ain't going to want them in the class. And the mama, oh, they don't, she don't do nothing either. You don't need that, okay, because then mm-hmm. that, that student is going to be labeled, and then that's how you're going to start treating that student as soon as they walk through the door. You're not even going to give that student a chance because you're going to feel like you already know them. No, like you said, Complex, teachers are messy. I have witnessed this in um, – and my kid, when my kids went to school, I remember this one teacher. I don't remember her name, but Marcel was always a good student. He never got mm-hmm. in trouble. But with this one teacher, when I tell you this lady was picking on my son, and it was actually recorded that she was picking on my son, they mm-hmm. had to remove her. And I was trying to figure out. And then um, when he, when she got fired, and the next teacher came in. I guess she caught herself trying to prep the school about my son. And the teacher had made a comment like, oh, I thought he was going to be completely different from what he's displaying. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She was like, he listens, he gets his work in. I said, yes, if you check back on his record, he didn't have any problems until this teacher. I said, my son has always been like that. You need to go back and look at those books and see who was picking with who. Because at one point she told him, see, I'm not even going to say nothing to you because you ain't even going to do nothing but tell your mama. Like, of course he's going to tell me. Baby, I'm going to fight for that. Yes, that lady almost was about to fight a teacher at Warndale. It It got that bad. Like, that's why I cannot put my kids back in there because I feel like at one point the principal wasn't doing all that he could to remove that teacher. But, yes, it's teachers like that that start shit that makes the kid look bad and the kids can't speak up for themselves already because as a kid, we don't have a voice, you know, um, cause people take it as disrespect when they express how they feel. I'm learning through my kids. Yes. They have to express themselves. They're little humans, just like me. They trying to figure it out just like I am. So go ahead. But see an older generation of like, Oh, that's talking back. Cause you're trying to tell me how you feel, yep. but I'm going to tell you how you feel. No, we cannot do that. So yes, I definitely feel like we should stop trying to take this advice from another uh, teacher. If it's not about how you should tailor your lesson plan, then you don't need it. You don't need it. Get your own opinion about the student. Okay, my next question is, do you think teachers should pay closer attention to a student that has behavioral issues because it's sometimes a cry for help? I think it needs to be a teacher that specializes in it because I don't think every teacher has the patience for it. I don't think that um, every teacher, like, some teachers just, like, it is what it is. I don't fucking care. So I think, like, mm-hmm. but 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 you need to overall to pay attention. I'm just saying, like, in the world we live in, we ain't going to always come across that. But, yes, you have to pay attention to a child's behavioral needs because shit, shit always, I know for me, because I couldn't express myself at home, it came out at school. I was an angry mm-hmm kid. I was a ticking time bomb. I was falling asleep in class. I was very talkative. And, you know, but I I made sure to be good because, like, my sister was an example of what not to do because every time she would get suspended, my my mom and them had her 
washing walls and like you know like you get punished for getting mm-hmm. suspended. So I'm going to do whatever I can to stay in school because that that shit ain't fun at home. Like I'm not on vac it's not no vacation because I'm still in trouble. You have to pay attention to what a child yeah. is going through because every child I believe that no child is bad. I just believe that this is what they're mirroring because there's something at home that I can't talk about. So it's coming out mm-hmm. this way. And they just need, like you said, you needed a push. They just need some, they need someone to show that they care. Because, you know, DC said it on self Love My Rehab. We always, like parents, they always say, oh, that was good when you get A's and B's, but then they give you all the attention in the world when you get a D and an F. So in a child's mm-hmm. mind, it's like, oh, well, okay, maybe I need to continue to be back because it's the only time I really get attention from you. You know what I'm saying? Anything yep. else is just a pat on the back. You have to pay attention to a child's behavioral needs because they they want attention. I know for me growing up, because my mom was in and out my life, I was looking to I was looking to my female teachers to be my mom. You know, like I would I would mm. get irritated if they were showing uh, more attention to other kids and stuff like that. And they would just okay, Tasha, you know what I'm saying? You're not, uh, you know, like you have an attitude today, go stand outside. Nobody asked what was wrong. Why are you acting like this? You've got to pay attention to a child's behavior because that is a cry for help. Yeah. Um, I feel like teachers need to pay attention and learn how to, uh, you know, they should give equal amount of attention to each student. I know some that have behavioral issues, they do need that extra attention. But I know, like, for, for where I work, our child care center, we actually have to have trainings, and the trainings deal with dealing with temperament, dealing with different behavioral issues, you know, so we'll know what that student needs. We'll know to not be a trigger. We'll know how to help them to verbalize. We're only dealing with younger kids, right? But I feel like mm-hmm. this should be in place with all grade levels all grade levels, even up to 12th grade, they should be, all teachers should be trained on these different behavioral issues so they'll know how to deal with it. You know, as the kid get older and these teachers, they don't want to hear them. They just like, oh, no, I don't got time to be fighting no student. They disrupt. Yeah, because I will say it's been a lot of teenagers that, you know, when they step in that classroom, they grown, Mm -hmm. but that's because they live in a grown life. Like, they don't, yep. they don't understand that. They're living a grown life. Nine times out of ten, that student that just disrespected you feels like she's on your same level because not only is she running her whole household by herself, that means watching mm-hmm. her siblings, caring for them, cooking for them. She probably got a job. You don't know if she stayed up late at night. I know it mm-hmm. comes off as disrespect, but we need to just take that off the table. Some, sometimes we have to look at that disrespect and say, okay, what is that child missing at home? She needs something. Mm-hmm. Don't go back and forth with a child in the classroom full of students. That's their audience. Yes. Of course they're going to keep going when they got an audience. No, you mm-hmm. have to learn them. Like, once you see that that child could possibly have a behavioral issue, the last thing you should resort to doing is embarrassing them in front of the whole classroom because then after that you don't have no respect. You pull them to the side or after class or, you know, after class or when you see them in the hallway and just talk mm-hmm. to them. That's what kids need, especially, and I'm saying, due to this whole pandemic, kids from grades, I even started third grade, third 
to eight, third to 12, need somebody to talk to. They were cooped up in the house. They were away from their friends. They have to wear masks. The way that they're living now was not the same way they was living two years ago. It's different from them. It's scary for them, too, because they don't understand what's going on. They don't know if I'm going to keep my mask on, if I'm going to keep my mask off, if I get the shot or if I don't get the shot. So they're scared. You have to talk to them instead of just pushing them off to the side or completely ignoring them. I feel like we should definitely give a little more attention to the ones that we know have behavioral issues because they're going through something and they just need somebody to talk to. And you have to let them know, look, you can come to me and don't be judgy or not. You got to leave all that to the, you know, to the birds and don't go off telling the next person either. You know, of course, talk to the principal about it. So the principal will know that you two are talking because stuff can be said, you know, if the parent don't agree, it's a lot of stuff. You have to just, but but yeah, please pay attention to those students who have behavioral issues because kids don't have a voice. You have to show them that, yes, you do have a voice. I'm going to listen to you. And I guarantee your class will run a lot smoother. Yeah. Okay. Um, My next question is, have you ever had a teacher that you genuinely felt was there for you? like really wanted to see you succeed and didn't care if you were negatively labeled by other teachers? Uh, yes, um, Miss Brown. She was actually a permanent substitute in seventh grade because um, our teacher went on maternity leave. And she changed the narrative. Like she used to have us get up every day and give each other a compliment. She was started off with saying someone mm-hmm. my age, your age, died last night, did not wake up to see the day. And, you know, um, just give someone a compliment. You don't know what they're going through. So we would all get up and we would say a compliment. It was very um, it, it was very awkward at first, but, like, over time <laughs> we got used to it. Because, like, you know, we like, nigga, you want me to give a compliment to somebody I don't even talk to? But we became <laughs> very, uh, like, we became a classroom. And I remember around the time when uh, my granddad had passed and, it was a lot of stuff going on with my sister, you know, like she had ran away. So it was a lot. And I remember like, I was just like real quiet the whole day. And I remember, um, you know how, like, you know how, like you, you see teachers, but like, you don't see them for like seventh period. I didn't see her mm-hmm. till like sixth period. So it had to be like third period. And I think she said hi to me, but I was just in my head and I was walking by and she was like, Tasha, you didn't hear me say hi to you. So I turned around to her and I was like, my bad, I didn't hear you. And she was like, come here. So I went over to her and like, she could just see on my face that I was stressed. And she just gave me the biggest hug and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, she like, she really cared. And it's like, I don't know what happened to her, but um, it's crazy she, my my mom worked at a daycare, and she used to watch Miss uh, Miss Brown. Uh, she used to watch her um her son. So it's like they became <laughs> real cool and everything. But then after seventh grade, I didn't see her no more. But she really did care. Mm. Um, for me, let me see. I wasn't really labeled negative. Uh, nah, not really labeled negative. I was, like I said, I stayed in the background. I didn't want to bring attention to myself. So I didn't, you know, I didn't talk. I didn't get disruptive in class. Um, I kind of stayed to myself. The About the only teacher that I could say really, really that I care, that I, I feel like really understood us was Miss Bush. 
mm-hmm. our English lit teacher because I think because she was younger. So she kind of knew, yes. you know, she was closer in age with us than all the other teachers was. So she kind of knew what we were going through because high school, even though she was done with it, but she, it was still kind of fresh. So she knew yes. our emotions. She knew what, you know, where we was at. And I just felt like I connected with her more. Um, it was to the point where we was doing what? Lathrop's Lovely Ladies. Like, it, yep. I, I just mm-hmm. like being around her because it was positive to have somebody there that I felt like, okay, she she actually listening to me. She knows, you know, what's going on. Um but, yeah, I can honestly say she's about the only one that I can remember actually making me feel comfortable. And I knew I could go talk to her about anything. So it was it was mm-hmm. really dope to have her. Ms. Jackson was um, cool, okay, too, so, She was like the coach. <laughs> yeah, she was a girl's basketball yes. coach. Girl, I'll never get with yes, you. Yes, right? people love Girl, you Ms. missed Jackson, a lot of days. Yes. She was like, but I see you only missing my class. And I'm like, ah, it. She was dope. She was dope. I ain't never missed yes. a class. I'm telling you, I was the first thing in there. Um, <laughs> okay, so my last question is, why do you think it's hard for students to accept or see that teachers are not just educators when we are so much more? I just think that we see a role, and that's what we think it is, um, because of bad experience from other teachers that we've had. So it's like, what makes you? What makes me think that you're going to be different? That's why I said teachers got to step up and and show that they care. Like you, you want to see teachers be like the Freedom Writers teacher, be like the um higher learn. No, not higher learning. What was it? What was the? What was that movie with Michelle Pfeiffer? Wasn't that higher learning? No, that wasn't higher learning because Omar Epps and Tyra Banks got shot. It wasn't higher oh, yeah, learning. It was. It was it was another one. I always think of Coolio's song, but if anybody knows, please let us know, y'all. We getting old, but like we want to see teachers like them that go the extra mile. But I can understand why some teachers are scared to blur the lines because you have some oh she was getting a little bit too friendly with him, you know what I'm saying, and uh, doing all this sexual stuff. You, you just mm-hmm. you don't want to seem like you don't want rumors, you don't want the wrong rumors to get out. But it's like, at the end of the day, still show somebody, like, listen, like, pour into this child. Like, listen, I understand you're struggling, but you can get through it. You know what I'm saying? What What is your weaknesses? Just talk to them. A child is only missing school because they feel like there's no reason for me to be there. The teachers make fun of me. The kids laugh at me because I don't know how to read. Math is my weakness. Yeah. They don't feel like they're there. You have to show them, no, everybody deserves an education and we don't under we don't understand what these kids go through at home we don't because mm-hmm. a lot of us be playing that role reversal where we're the parent like you said right yeah we're taking care of the parents or the parents are out just running the streets and then they come home late at night it's no structure there it's no structure at all yeah. so I just feel like a child needs to know like okay this person cares but I think that teachers also don't want to do that because they don't want to feel like they're enabling because then that that child may not want to go on to the next grade. They feel like, no, I want to stay with this Mm -hmm. teacher. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And the name of that movie is Dangerous Minds. Thank you. I Googled it when we were when you were talking. But um I yeah. definitely agree with everything you said. Um, because I've had some students that have cried because they didn't want to go to first grade because I wouldn't <laughs> be their teacher. Um, yeah. so 
but I do feel like we are labeled. Just as much as we label these kids, teachers are labeled. They know teachers, you know, they think teachers are mean, they're strict, they don't want to hear nothing, you're going to learn all this work, you're going to get all this work. That's why in my classroom when I did teach, I changed the narrative. I made sure my students loved to come to school. Even though they were young, I showed them, you have a voice, tell me how you feel. What is going on? What makes you feel like that? Like we would do a feelings chart. How are you feeling today? You know, I would create little sayings for us. You know, you have to make it, you have to make sure you brand yourself so these students will know, okay, she's not like an ordinary teacher. This is kind of like my mama or this is kind of like my friend. That'll make them come to you. That'll make your Mm -hmm. classroom run more successful when they know that they can open up to you and won't be judged. Like I said, even though I know I had younger students, and I know as time goes on, you know, as they get older, you know, they got all this social media, and a lot of these kids are growing before their time. I'm just going to say it like that. I ain't going to say they being too fast or wild, but a lot of them are growing before their time due to all this social media and everything that's on it. So we have to remind them, okay, this is the level that you should be at. I know you're here. But, baby, I want you to be a kid for as long as you can because this older stuff, this ain't nothing to play with. You know, you'll be looking back like I have, like, uh uh-uh, I just want to go back. (laughs) What happened? Like, you know, so (laughs) I feel like in order for them to see us as more, we have to present ourselves as more. We can't come in, all right, this is what y'all work going to be. This is how many books y'all going to need. Take your paper and pencil out. No, get to learn your students. Let them get to learn you. Like, I'll have music playing in my classroom. All right, somebody pick out a song. All right, let's let's dance. Let's Okay, come on, I want to learn about you. you I'm going to sit with this student so you can talk to me. You know, take that time out. It, it's easier. They'll see you in a new light, and it will be. It's a good and a bad thing because, like I said, my kindergartners never want to leave me. Once they find out I won't be their teacher no more, they all cry, and it hurt my heart, but it made me feel mm-hmm. good because it made me feel like it was a job well done. Like, they hate it when I stop teaching. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is all my questions. Well, that was a good segment. That definitely was. Y'all giving y'all something for back to school, so that's some stuff y'all parents can think on. Um, you know, it, it'll help. It'll help. So y'all can understand teachers better and y'all can help them to understand where they're coming from. It'll run smoother. And try to yep. develop those parent and teacher relationships. That's another key thing. Y'all both need to be on the same page when it comes to your kid's education. Like, that's a key yeah. factor as well. Okay. We're going to jump on into that as a woman question complex. What's our question tonight? Okay, so as a woman, I sent this one to you. I hope I did. Uh, as a woman, if you, did. you were to switch, okay, if you were to switch lives with your co-host, what do you think that journey would be like for you? Uh, I think, and y'all, I'm gonna say this as a disclaimer. I love my kids. Okay, <laughs> I love them, but <laughs> I think if I was to switch lives with my co-host, I would definitely feel freedom. Um, I would only, I would be more intentional because I would think for myself, you know, I wouldn't have to think in mind, you know, how would that make them feel? What what will happen if I do this? And I think I wouldn't be so afraid of change and I would take more leaps of faith because I would only have me, you know, I would only have to hold myself accountable for anything, right? My actions wouldn't trickle down to the people that I have to care for. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I think I would be free. Yeah. <laughs> I would just, just randomly do a bunch of stuff that I want to do, and it would just be a just because. It would be like, oh, you just took that trip to Italy? Yep, sure did. Like, it would be one of those things. So, uh, yeah, I think it would be freeing, and then I think it will also be uh, just just showing myself a lot of strength because you learn when you're – I feel like when you're – when you don't have to think about kids, um, you can learn who you are quick more quickly than, you know, being a, a single parent. I really do because you got to think about them, you know. Your all your needs and wants come after what your kids need and want. So yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, baby. I can't even make it to Italy. I'm just be honest with you. <laughs> the way these bills set up. <laughs> if I was to switch lives with you, I think I would honestly know what unconditional love feels like. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. I would definitely have to think for not just myself, but for others, but I would definitely know what it feels like to have unconditional love. That's one thing that um, I can't genuinely say that I felt since my grandma and my mom passed and um, kind of questioned it then, but I know that I know that they love me, but you know, with a child, mm-hmm. unconditional love, you can't do no wrong in their eyes. You get what I'm saying? But I think that yeah. I would learn more about myself. Um, I think it would just be dope to see myself and three little humans, like, oh, my gosh, like, you know what I'm saying, like, seeing what they could do that I probably didn't have the courage to do growing up, I think it would be dope. It would probably be stressful because I like my yeah. my alone time, and I know with kids you don't get that, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think it would, be, it would be dope, you know what I'm saying? I think that I could be my greatest self because, my kids would give me unconditional love to let me know, like, you know what, nope, they see something in me that other people can't, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's my take on it. Well, that would be dope. Maybe we should swap lives for a week. You take my kids, I take your life so we can see. <laughs> okay, you're going to be like, bitch, take this job. These motherfuckers got me fucked up. This bitch called about you five gonna be like, You're still hanging from the ceiling fans. <laughs> Oh God! My yeah. child gonna be swinging from the ceiling fan, and one gonna be taped to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! Okay, y'all. So we gonna jump into the girl I see you moment complex. Are you highlighting any queens or kings? Uh, damn. Who was I highlighting this week? Uh, I don't really have nobody. Uh, I would just say, um. Yeah, Black Power. You know what I'm saying? Black. I don't really have nobody this week. I'm sorry, y'all. My mind been everywhere. You got anybody? <laughs> um, I'm going to highlight my cousin Kiana. Um, simply because my she she is an inspiration. My cousin has highlighted her whole um cosmetic surgery journey. And I just want to say, like, she looks good. I'm happy that she's feeling good about herself. And she's a dope-ass hairstylist, too. So if y'all on Facebook, look up Kiana, Kiana Smith or uh, True Stylist. I think that's her um, her hair page. But, yeah, she's just been encouraging people. And lately I've been reaching out to her, um, and she's been 
give me some encouraging words and stuff. Um, but that's somebody I call my twin. I love her to death. So, y'all, I'm putting her in the highlight. I love you. Her birthday coming up. So, happy birthday if I don't remember to say it. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and throw Kiana in there. So, if you're listening, Kiana, girl, I see you. All righty. So, we're going to jump right into the AO Ask Queen K or Girl, I Got Something to Say. Complex, you got anything to ask me? No, you got anything to say? Hmm, do I have some? Yes, I do. Uh, mm-hmm. It is going along the lines of our topic tonight. Uh, y'all, I spoke on it a little bit, but I, I'm just going to reiterate it. I really, 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 as parents and teachers, um, I feel like with these kids going back to school, you know, it's a lot of, anxiety, you know, and then we want to make sure these kids safe. I will highly, highly encourage parent-teacher relationships. It is important for the mm-hmm. child so that they will, you know, so that they can see, okay, if my, my mom or my dad or my mom and my dad and my teacher are working together for my good and they want to see me do better, then they're going to do better. It's a lot of stuff that kids missed out on this year due to this virtual learning. So they're not yeah. where they need to be. Some of them are not really where they need to be. So you have to give that extra time. And I think if you develop a a relationship with the teacher, you both can develop a strategy to come together to help these kids because they're going to need help, not just from the teacher, but you as a parent as well. We have, we have to make sure we're talking to the teacher, we're talking to the kids, seeing what they need. Is this school year is going to be a rough one starting out. I'm not even going to hold y'all up because a lot of the stuff that they was yeah. doing on them computers, it is not what they about to do in these textbooks, okay? And a lot of mm-hmm. kids missed out on online learning, so it's going to be harder for them in this next grade. So get those relationships with those teachers popping. I know me personally, oh, baby, I make sure I have everything from the, the teacher's cell phone number. Me and my That's kids' so teachers, we, we text. Hey, how they doing? Hey, if you know you got any problem with them, I'm coming up there. Hey, do you need anything for your classroom? Hey, how can I be of assistance? That's just the type of parent I am, and I really think it's because I was an educator as well, so I know what it's like being in the classroom with these students. But parents, teachers, uh, whoever is listening, develop those relationships. Or if you're listening and you don't have any kids, if you know somebody that got kids, Try to encourage them to develop a relationship. Like tonight, I just went to my son's orientation. I like the new school. My son is just stepping into middle school. So I'm a little nervous, but I know that I'm going to just, you know, develop this relationship with his teacher. So she going to know me. You know, she going to know, oh, that's that's Miss Renfro right there. Okay, I know. You know, because I feel like that's when a student really succeeds, when the kid knows, oh, she can call my mama anytime. Oh, let me get this going. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, that's all I'm going to say, y'all. It is important. And also, main thing, take your time with these kids. Don't be yelling at them. Um, Try to listen to them. Let them speak for themselves. Um, You know, because a kid, you can teach a kid how to express themselves without it coming off as disrespect. Um, So just listen to them. Know that your kid does have a voice and let them learn how to use it because then you don't want them to be an adult like me who just discovering she have a voice. It's a lot of trauma right. that you don't want to have. Want them to have to unravel when they get older. Teach them how to deal with their emotions, emotions, and how to identify them, y'all. Listen to your kids; they are little humans too. All I got to say, y'all. That's a fact. 
Yeah, back to school, okay. man. It's crazy. Yeah, back to school, girl. Ooh, wee. <sighs> I'm ready, though. I'm ready. All right, so complex. We're going to throw it to you for our no apologies thought and our self-affirmations. Go ahead. Okay, so I got two no apologies thoughts. The first one I'm giving to Natalia King. She put it on Facebook. She gave me permission to use it. She said, I don't know who needs to hear this, but stop underestimating yourself. You are a boss. There is a reason everyone is drawn to you and your gifts. Own it. It will take you to the next level. Quit being so modest, shy, quiet, et cetera. Because you don't want to come off as the cocky type. You're not cocky, boo. You just know what you bring to the table. Own it. Be proud mm. of it. Do it, girl or boy. You got this. There's no explanation in that. You know what I'm saying? We got to stop being so humble. And I had to, I say that for myself because I had to stop acting like these books are just going to sell themselves. Hell no. I got to get out here and do the work. Mm-hmm. I'm a writer. I'm, I'm an author. I'm a podcaster. I'm really speaking as if this is my lifestyle. You know, I'm not being quiet no more. And my other one, uh, this was an epiphany that I gave to myself. It says, I choose to release my competitive side towards other females. It made me lose so much self-respect, stroking a man's ego to do so. And as I say that, women, we were taught growing up that every woman is your competition. Never, ever, ever, ever feel like your competition with a woman. Be your own competition. These men will be so happy seeing you fight over them. No. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Be your own competition. Be better than who you were before. Release that competitiveness because I'm telling you, I lost this I lost a lot of self respect just staying in relationships with a nigga that had another bitch on the side. And it's like, well bitch, I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna be the last bitch standing. No, because at the end of the day, you're only making him feel good and you making you losing yourself in the process. Just let it go. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's somebody out there that's going to love you. Trust me, you do not need to change anything about you unless it's toxic. But you don't need to change anything about you. Don't apologize for being a strong black woman. Don't apologize for being strong, period. Do not apologize for being you because somebody out there is going to love all of it. Keep it moving. If they got another chick, we'll stay with her because obviously you're not the one for me if this person could take your attention. And um, Mm -hmm. my self-affirmation tonight, I'm going to give it – I'm going to be honest with y'all. Because I smoke weed, I be forgetting which ones I've read to y'all already. So I think I'm going to just jump around. I'm going to give it to the law of giving and hospitality. It says give to the things you believe in from your heart, understand and acknowledge that your actions are a reflection of your inherent beliefs. So my affirmation is I am content with my life. I will stop beating myself up over other people's actions, and I am unattaching myself to what no longer serves me. So that is my self-affirmation. And with that being thank you. With that being said, I'm Complex Angel. I'm the vibe. And I'm Queen K. I'm the vision. Peace and love, y'all. We out. Peace and love.